0: Good, better, best. Never let it rest. Until the good becomes better, and the better becomes best.
1: Welcome back to the show, everyone. Craig and Jonah here. Uh, so <laughs> this is a false start. <laughs> um, so last night uh, we were out of town for one of our um, teenage boys confirmation. And um, this is such a, it's such a reflection of my life right now. So I had the, uh, I had our youngest, who's a year old, uh, kind of wandering around in the basement of this church because she was not going to sit through a, two hour confirmation ceremony with our Bishop who gets to be somewhat long-winded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we're downstairs in the, in the corner of the church basement, there's a library mm-hmm. and I'm always as fascinated. What's on the, on the library bookshelves at churches. Yeah. And so she's kind of like playing around and I see, um, I see a book. It's a catechism <clears throat> and I, uh, I, I literally thought about like smuggling it home and reading it, and then just bringing it back the next time I'm there. I would suspect that would have been okay. Yeah,
0: uh, I, <laughs> I can't imagine that anybody is dying to get at that. But
1: yeah, it it was uh was it uh, Father Noonan? I. Think? Edition. Oh, I've Uh, heard of that guy. I I I kind of peaked. I think the copyright was maybe in the early seventies. So it's it it's It's Father Newton edition. (laughs) Yeah, S J. So Jesuit. So oh man, yeah, Jesuit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I was um, so I think that's sort of a in between kind of the old Baltimore Catechism and um you know, the current catechism that we've talked about on the show. Well, that's quite a task for one guy to put that all together. Yeah, and it there's some commentary, like I'm not... all oh, his commentary? Well, you. yeah, like, I'm not sure how much of it is him sort of talking about what the church teaches and how much, like, but I was just, so I had to go well, to... Well, I my, know where you flipped him. <laughs> I gotta see what this guy says about Onan and masturbation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the most critical topic of our time. <laughs> so I'm sitting back there. Sitting, so the the, the, our daughter's playing on the floor, and I'm sitting there peeking around, <laughs> looking up masturbation and onanism. And, and, <laughs> <during a confirmation. laughs> um, and uh, so, and I, and of course, I don't have the book with me, so I can't really quote it, but I'm going to get my hands on a copy of that. And this is just like the movie National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: scrolling through an old document in the basement of a church
1: it feels that way sometimes i thought about grabbing my phone out and like scanning like snapping a few of the pictures but i kind of got the gist of it um but i was surprised so it it's um first of all it it talked about um masturbation in terms of it's a premarital phenomenon really yeah like it it certainly talked about
0: premarital oh, yeah <laughs> i don't even know what to say about that i you think know. i think there is a i think there is that's a, a pretty wide gap between reality and uh thought there
1: and we've talked about this and talk about 2352 that it it taught you know remember how it says it it talks about acts outside of marriage or something like mm-hmm. that like there's that yep. provision yep
0: outside of marriage right
1: now Oh, my mind is blown right now. yeah so, so I mean he doesn't say it's okay within marriage but but there's just this I think there's this underlying assumption that it doesn't happen in marriage there's no reason for it to happen in marriage <laughs> when I think it's all, all the more likely it's going to happen during marriage
0: it seems much more likely
1: <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, I don't know. Especially you know after it seems like after you have your first child, then it just changes everything.
1: Yeah. It, it so I was I was caught by that. Um there was but there was also a the one thing that struck me, and maybe this is the Jesuit coming out, is he was referring a lot to not he wasn't even talking so much about sort of the um emotional and psychological. Uh, factors that 2352 talks about that can lessen culpability. He talks about it more in terms of, of being, um, aware of the cultural norms at the time, really. Yeah, and I was, I, I, and I really wanted to dig in and like look at some of the footnotes, but it, it
0: really, yeah. So, number one, I'm surprised you didn't take a photo of it, like <laughs> that blows my mind. Um, if I didn't want to have had a kid until I probably. would. <laughs> um, so I believe you mentioned previously that the Baltimore Catechism did not say anything about masturbation specifically. So did, did it, did this, was this an updated catechism or like, like it was specifically mentioned in this version of the catechism.
1: So it's not, it doesn't have its own section or, or like. Captain, oh. But in the index, it points you to the two pages where he talks about it. So oh, okay. it's part of an overall flowing conversation, probably about
0: sex in general, maybe or. Uh,
1: so i i i did go. Um, I think it's in the same general section, but like there's another section on contraception. Um, incidentally, when I was looking at that somewhere, it talks about onanism mm. in the context of contraception. And, I, you know, that term still shows up in, in Catholic, doc, you know, documents, Onanism, back to Onan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's obvious to me that a significant portion of our historical, philosophical or theological views of this stuff stems back to the story of Onan, which... <laughs>
0: the guy that pulled out in the desert.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, I don't know. Ha. Huh. That's wild. I don't know. That's really funny that he would say that it was, you know, something that's more premarital.
1: Yeah. I I I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of that. Like, how do we get to this point in history and them not understanding just the basic realities? Of course, you and I were talking beforehand off the air about, you know, just even like how common sexless marriages apparently is and how we think so much of it isn't 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 spouses don't care about each other, respect each other, but just have such a little understanding of how the other side operates and and works.
0: Yep, <laughs> definitely. I I mean, it is a lack of communication. I think in most cases. I mean, it's sometimes I'm sure there's resentment and whatever else goes on, but uh, just having an understanding of what the other spouse wants, needs, desires. I don't know and. Everything in between. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. I don't know. That's funny. You can only hope God is a Jesuit, I guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I or you know Jesuit with a computer simulation somewhere. Um. Yeah. I mean, I just I have to study that more, but it it, it just struck me as. How you know not this is not the biggest moral issue in the world, yeah, I'm not saying it, but you talk about probably the most common yeah. <laughs> moral challenge that that guys face at least mm-hmm. um and just the fact that it just seems to be reflective of such a underdeveloped, if not inaccurate just view of reality and in marriage and intimacy just boggles my mind, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Marriage is definitely not just sex-filled. I would say for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and um, maybe
1: this is a maybe this is a a, a fine segue to the whole sexless marriage uh, topic. Um, you know, we were talking a bit before. Is that? Um, I don't know how common sexless marriages is, is in catholic circles. Um again, no one talks about it. Um
0: Yeah, I suspect that it's just something nobody wants to talk about, yeah.
1: even people that are in it. Right. Oh, well, yeah, who wants to get up and brag about the fact that they have a sexless marriage? Most people don't. Yeah. Um
0: it, like this study says that approximately 15% of married couples are sexless. And that's just the people that admit to it. So I bet you that I just based on the people that I have talked to and because sexless marriage is I think it's less than uh, like once or twice a year or something is considered sexless. So it's not like, you know, you have to be totally uh, sexless like for the entire time, but um, once or twice a year and I would bet it's more like 30%. I I suspect just because there's people that don't want to admit it or it's too painful to admit or
1: whatever, you know, and that's a lot of people. Well, and kind of getting back to what we've talked about before with like PMAS and stuff like that, like, you know, for, you know, we, for me, at least personally, you know, if it's, if it's, let's say, frequency less than every couple of weeks, that's a pure torture. Like, yeah. I would seriously consider just becoming a celibate than, than, than that. And, um, you know, I think, so I don't know how you have a, a decent functioning marriage where intimacy is every, you know, just sporadic and infrequent, much less, you know, a couple times a year, I think you're just going to build with resentment and cr- close in on yourself and you're, you know, it, I think the sexless marriage starts far earlier than okay we're doing it a couple times a year i think it's i think it's um it's happening more frequently than that but you're already on the path towards a sexless marriage because most guys are just completely bent out of shape if it's not well eventually you get to
0: the point where it's just you're not going to ask and you don't want to be rejected and you know i'm sure it goes both ways to some extent but that's just generally how it is but found a different study that looks like it's more like 30 percent you know uh so it's I don't know. That's an incredible number. And, you know, that's just, you know, marriages fall apart without intimacy. Like, there's just no doubt. I mean, it's not the same. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's just something that, you know, if you've been intimate with your spouse, and then it just stops, there's just something very unnatural about living in that situation, and it creates conflict. Like, without a doubt. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> Like, you can just see, so the the guys that I know that have talked to me about that, you can just see how painful it is mm. for them. Like, I mean, there's just such pain, you know? Like, I, I don't know. It's, uh, and really, the only way out of that is communication. And hopefully they care. Yeah. You know? Because if they
1: don't, there's just no, you don't have any hope. Like, I mean. Yeah. You don't. Well. I have wondered about, um, well, two points. Hopefully I'll remember both of them. (laughs) Um, Personally, I'm not a big fan of the whole definition of sexless marriage as being a couple times a year or whatever. You think it should be zero or what? No.
0: Ah! (laughs) It must than once a month.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would, uh, to me, once a month feels like a sex, sounds like a sexless marriage to me. (laughs) <laughs> you poor guy. It's like Yeah, I know, know. All the sympathy, <laughs> but I mean, I'd be. Yeah, it's a miserable. struggle. Oh yeah, I'd be totally miserable. I mean, um, yeah. Oh yeah. So, so I know. think I think realistically, you know, most in, in and I think if that's the frequency, it would quickly turn into like never at all. Like I would mm-hmm. be like, this is not.
0: Before you know it, you're in separate rooms watching your own TV show. Yeah. And you know, you just right. maybe go to bed together, maybe you don't. I right. don't know. I right. mean that's just I mean that's the reality. I can see that.
1: Yeah. So I forgot my second point. So oh, it's gone. It's gone. Um but yeah, I mean it really well, okay. I think I I think I remember what it was now. You know, because I do I do sometimes ponder whether we as Catholics are in better shape or worse shape um, because this is not a Catholic phenomenon. And, you know, we were kind of talking before, if you, if you are, I think, I think for most non-Catholics, they don't really have, have much of a problem with guys going solo or guys using pornography, or if, if they, they may think it's not a good idea, but they're not morally distraught over the use of it Mm -hmm. and so there's i think there's more opportunities for for those non-catholic marriages that struggle with this to to not find a bridge back to each other it's true whereas for us catholics and you know for, for for us in a special way when when my wife and i had a conversation she was deeply concerned about you know my my soul and the, the the difficulties of those kinds of sins when intimacy is less frequent than than I would like or need, and that's a that's a motivation for my wife at least part of it. So this is uh,
0: some thoughts from the Huffington Post on seven ways to save your sexless marriage according to sex therapists. I don't really like much of this advice. <laughs> Number one. Don't assume your spouse is uninterested in having sex. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I would say that that you know once you get to that, if it's been years, you're thinking, I don't what is know. she?
1: <laughs> she has a strange way of showing interest. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so I'm just gonna ignore that. I'm sure you can. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I you know, that's a difficult bridge to get. Number two uh acknowledge any resentment you may feel uh related to intimacy then take turns initiating sex how the hell is that gonna
1: happen i'll agree if they agree
0: yeah (laughs) i mean is you know this is just all about a mindset at this point and just like how you get the ball rolling like there's so much inertia you know towards Mm -hmm. not doing it that you know none of these are gonna help number three (laughs) schedule sex like, that's going to work. You're just going to walk in and say, let's just schedule this. I mean, it may work for some people, but, like,
1: I don't know. I'm actually a fan of that one.
0: What, what if it had been yours? Oh. You're just going to walk in there and say, you know what?
1: We're filling that out is- the yearly calendar. Let's get our once a month. <laughs> Second Thursday of the month.
0: No, we're going to schedule it every other day. <laughs> get ready. You know, like, I, mean, there's, I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. Or talk about your fantasies. No way you're gonna discuss your fantasies with somebody that uh, you know you, you don't have sex with. You know, like yeah. Would you mind you know putting on this whatever costume? I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, or whatever. Like, oh, my phone just died. We're only gonna get oh oh. Wait a minute. Thought it did. Think it timed out. Oh, uh, learn to work around any sexual dysfunction. Sure. That was number five. But mm-hmm. uh get out of your head and into your body is number six. Use candles, romantic music, that sort of thing. But and stop worrying about orgasms. I don't know, but I mean it's just it's not good advice for helping people. So I think the real advice there, like this is the real advice, is to communicate because you have to talk about things far in advance before you're gonna schedule sex night or whatever, talk about your fantasies. You're not gonna do that with somebody that you know you were Intimate with, and then you haven't been intimate with in a long time.
1: I think there's two key factors. One, you've talked about communication. Um, I was just fortunate that it just happened, um, traumatically, but it caused (laughs) us to have a conversation that I just was too scared or whatever to have. But having the conversation made all the difference in the world. But I think, I think, second of all, for for me at least, is the thing that's made made this much easier for my wife is to I take um I take great efforts to to reduce her mental load. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that really is. That yeah. I think for a lot of women, especially if you have young children, the mental load is the biggest barrier. So what do you do? I have to ask. Um I try very hard to um help with the things that I can help, especially with the kids, so I'm I, I spend a lot more time um, taking the the youngest two kids, especially the baby, like last night like I said, mm-hmm. you know we were sitting in the church for a little while and little one was getting antsy and she's like, I was going to take him out. I was like you sit here, I'll go, I'll take her out mm-hmm. Um. now, confession to make I was also able to keep an eye on the baseball score oh, oh, oh but even if the game wasn't going on uh i was like (laughs) we're all we're all human but uh, but you know it's quite the
0: sacrifice greg yeah yeah (laughs) it's funny in that same church uh, one of my friends actually took his son out of church who was misbehaving to go out and sit in the car and listen to the college football game (laughs) So that's funny. It's the same church and the same sorts of scenarios involving leaving to go. Listen to a sports game.
1: We're, we're very brutally honest here. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, but you know, that and, and this is so funny. I don't remember if we've mentioned this on a previous episode, but the other day my wife and I were talking um just about, you know, the difference in our in our intimate life, and she she volunteered this comment i didn't ask she's like you've been much more attentive with the kids mm-hmm. like yeah that's what happens when you're in the bliss period and not yeah. in the pmas period all the time it's true and it's not a quid pro quote it's not like well i'm gonna repay you because mm-hmm. this like it's genuinely just
0: organic or whatever yeah
1: your attitude your mental capacity is all so much better and uh she saw that Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm grateful but i do i mean i try very very hard to ease her mental load so like well like on the weekends i try to take charge and and deal with the meals and stuff Mm -hmm. um doesn't mean i cook all the time but i I don't make her provide the food yeah I, i put food on the table somehow um but just with the kids um the biggest thing i think is with the kids is just to the, the The female mental load is the biggest, I think the biggest thing that men don't understand and appreciate.
0: you know, that's a really good point actually. that then that's very fair as far as they're exhausted at the end of the day and they've you know dealt with all sorts of issues mm-hmm. and with the kids and they're just tired, you know but,
1: well, because of the female, you know, we can be we can be ready to go like that. Women need time to warm up and the arousal curve and all that. And if they're just mentally overloaded, yeah. There just isn't time or opportunity for that. And that's that that I think is the biggest um thing. It took me so long to figure out. And I'm still figuring out, but I'm I'm much more aware of it and I can definitely attest to the fact
0: that's that. a really good point. Actually, that's really good advice. I agree with that too. That's uh something that my wife and I talk about too. Yeah, it's just that exact situation.
1: Yep. I think it's and I think it's uh it's sort of the which comes first the chicken or the egg but for the guys if you want more intimacy make an effort to to take off your wife's mental load and women
0: and to talk to her about her day as far as like the stuff that just you would i mean to be honest to me it just doesn't seem like it's details that i would ever share with anybody but to her it's really important
1: yeah yeah that's the other you know that's the other thing and part of that is too is just sitting there listening and i try very hard to listen Mm -hmm. and to let her talk and to get so like I did not solve the problems, yeah like I mean it's just about listening yep just listening and I don't sit on the so like a lot of times I'll be on the other side of the room at the table and she's got her chair and I'll pick up the chair and I'll walk over and I'll sit down and I'll just you know you know Joan and I are a few feet away but I try to get close enough um I mean that, that is so valuable to her and mm-hmm. I think that's true for most women is I to, think so yeah I mean that's 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 much more um conducive to intimacy for them than us getting up and rubbing their back or touching them at least for my wife physical touch is not her love language and so less is more i've learned that the less the less groping going on the better <laughs>
0: uh, yeah i mean the back massage isn't always groping but
1: back massages help i think but i think it i think i think that has to sort of come yeah, after yeah. the the yep. you know creating that connection and having this type of verbal intimacy with them it's true. Is, yeah, I would totally agree with that. As well. uh, but the flip side of that, too, is that women, if you're complaining that your husband doesn't take off the mental load, test it out. If you increase the frequency, uh if if he doesn't respond and he's not more attentive then yeah, he's a dumbass and pick <laughs> him to the curb, send, but, send him over to the podcast here. But
0: that's also on the flip side. If, uh, that communication, like if you sit down and you talk to your spouse or like from the male perspective, if your wife is complaining and, uh, cutting you down or whatever, that really kills any sort of want to communicate as well. Like that's a, and that it's funny because even if you are intimate, that can kill the bliss period quickly. I think, you know, is that sort of complaining or, um. Blaming or whatever, like that stuff. It's interesting. I think that 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 can have an impact.
1: Well, it's it, it is. It's it's hard to get it started because she's she's unhappy because she's you're not helping with her mental load, yep. and and he's unhappy because he feels like he's not getting intimacy enough, and so neither one of them mm-hmm. wants to start. That's the downhill spiral towards the sexless marriage. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is sort of a. A post-mortem autopsy that we did in our marriage you know like i think this is the same conversation the other day uh when my wife made that com- um, comment but she talked about before it felt like to her that um i was much more affectionate to her right. on days than intimacy was going to happen in the day after but like you know after a couple of days, I was kind of shutting down and and sort of being unavailable to her, so to speak. Which uh, maybe I mean part. Of, I mean I've tried to be purposeful about just cutting out. Like when I'm at home with her, I'm much less likely to be on the my phone mm-hmm. looking at YouTube and stuff like that. But it gets we, you know gets into that what we've talked about when you get into you know past days three four you know get into that PMAS period it's it's somewhat about self-preservation about not stirring mm-hmm. up emotional feelings for your wife mm-hmm. unless you have fallen to you know old problems and building <laughs> the wall right and so you know we're we're not really trying to be jerks about it. We're just trying to like, okay, I'm just trying to survive till the next time but in in her mind that she perceives that as like, oh, he's just doesn't care about me doesn't have any affection for me until he, the days he knows he's gonna get some yeah and um I'm, I'm I think that's a very common experience and and that creates that that circular effect where she's unhappy because mm-hmm. she feels like she's being used so to speak and he's unhappy because he's just like sorry honey but you know I I can't be like super affectionate or whatever on days that it's not going to happen when you get into the PMAs because it just makes makes it even worse. Yeah, they're both in this pattern of being unhappy and resentful, and
0: <laughs> yep, then it spirals out of control. But communication solves it. I mean, yeah, it does. Yeah, hopefully,
1: but can. And um, if 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 you if if the resentment hasn't gone on so long that you no longer care about each other, but if hopefully in in the midst of that there's still a love that you mm-hmm. have for each other, you desire each other's happiness, you adjust, you know, you desire.
0: I think even that can be dissolved in most cases. You know, a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So there's all.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. This is kind of a rant. Uh, a a rambling, random. <laughs> yeah. Lots of twists and turns. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, uh, guys, um, give your wife, um, um, that type of emotional intimacy that she desires. Listen to her. Um, don't try and solve her problems, but just listen to her and, and what, you know, let her know that you care about this, that you, you want to hear her. And this is, this is, creating intimacy with her and help her with the random stuff that she needs yeah. help with and help her help with her mental load. If you can do that long enough, um, it should come around. Mm-hmm. Yep. But someone has to start either, either the intimacy has to, to increase or the guy has to start this process and, and try and get yourself on the hamster wheel. A
0: little yep. Bit. And do that. And I think you have to communicate, mm-hmm. You know, just about intimacy in general Mm -hmm. at the same time, which is probably more difficult than doing the other Uh aspects of it.
1: Yep. Yep. So. All right. Well, good luck to you. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Jonah. Yep. Until next time, everyone. Bye. Have a good one.